it. Played by Westbrook. Ginobili for three. Yes! One-point lead for San Antonio. Terry, a long three. Bang! Jason Terry gives the Mavericks a seven-point lead with 33 seconds remaining. Simmers bring it in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo! Oh my goodness. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Six Man Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Barnett. And joining me in the land of sadness where the Cubs are currently down 8-2, to two, Cam Koenig. Cam, the rain delay may save the Cubs yet again. Uh, no, that game's going to get they're, – they're going to call that game. <laughs> they're going to lose. <laughs> Look, man, I was trying to trying to be supportive here. but uh, pretty- It happens. This is a team that, you know, we knew, we knew what they were going to be coming into the year, and this was a team that was going to hopefully get on base a ton but kind of struggle with their pitching. That's kind of been what's happening. Stroman just kind of had a rough – had a rough day, couldn't really locate. Uh get rained out, and I believe they're gonna just call that game after 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 five and a half. Yeah, uh Suzuki's been massive for them to start the year. But obviously He's this been, is yeah, I'm very, very close to buying a say a Suzuki jersey at the moment. Let's go. I'll buy a Suzuki automobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get the uh, the old Suzuki mini truck to celebrate. Probably the same cost, cool. honestly. Wow, I wish they sold those in the U.S. You buy one overseas for like two grand, and that's including shipping. My dad's looked into it. We've we've talked about this as potentially my next car. I really love those um those vans that they have too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the really tiny vans. Yeah, those like are can't awesome. Can't hold anything, but they look cool. Oh yeah, I would turn that into a stealth camper in a heartbeat. And enjoying a monster right before bed. Mark Satterley, Mark, how how are you doing, man? You know, getting by day by day. Going to work, running, sleeping, watching how, basketball. How do you feel that IU, under their new coaching regime, has had more top uh, – sorry, more top one – five-star recruits – According to the ESPN Big Board, than Purdue has in program history. Well, we also didn't get beat by 29 in the first round of the NCAA tournament, so that's okay. <laughs> Once again, that, what, uh, what, uh, I know we can we can go down the rabbit hole of uh, undercutting each other. No, I, I mean. Good for IU, but also IU can recruit really well, and that doesn't always translate to wins or success. You know, we look at the Tom Crean era. <laughs> they recruited really well, but they never really did a whole lot in the NCAA tournament. So that's okay. Uh, I'm also, intrigued. Also, gosh, we've got, we have how many months? 
man, seven months till NCAA starts back up. <laughs> That's a long ass time. It, it, it literally, the season literally ended 16 days ago, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we've had, we've had a bombshell drop today. Yeah. Speaking of, week. speaking of things ending, um, uh, Jay Wright's retired out of the blue. Yeah. I, completely out of nowhere. I would say the one of the best, if not the best coach in college right now, Jay Wright, retiring from coaching. Um, I, I, I don't even really know. This is just – this is so out there that I, I really don't – I don't think I've really had a pro- time to, like, really process the, the news. Um, that's just it, just a very, very crazy out of nowhere retirement. And they, Villanova, they tapped in. Uh, they brought in uh, Kyle Neptune from Fordham. Um, yeah, he's uh, p- part of the Jay Wright coaching tree. Yeah, he, um, he was, uh, an assistant for 10 years under Jay Wright. This is, I mean, Jay Wright, 520 and 197, 21 seed in 21 years with Villanova. Eight Big East regular season titles, five Big East conference tournaments, champions in 2016 and 2018. They've been to, I want to say, in the last like five or six or seven years or whatever, Villanova is the uh, winningest uh, program in, in basketball under Jay Wright. So, yeah, just really out of the blue. Um, you know, for a team that was in the final, you know, in the final four this past year, uh, this past season, and uh, now without, without their, without their head coach, without a guy who's really, you know, elevated, uh, you know, really elevated that that program to kind of a a, a whole different level from even even their historical success. I, I think the big thing here is Jay Wright kind of was quoted saying he was sick of the new system already, the NIL, the instant transfer portal. And I, I kind of agree with him on the instant transfer portal. I, I, I think if you transfer more than once, you should have to wait a year. Uh, I think that that would be, I think, most fair for uh, coaches on programs but i also think that all these old time coaches who are sick of nil already should just retire and get out of the sport you know there there is a part of me that has basically referred to the ncaa as legalized slavery for so long that is so sick of this holier than thou attitude some of these coaches have um to where i just want them out of the sport entirely that means jay wright's gotta go bz's gotta go i just NIL is not going anywhere, and it is only the very beginning of what's to come. So yeah, if you can't if you can't get used to it, then you might as well just yeah hang it up. But. Well, and again, you know, there's probably going to be some regulations put in place eventually. But again, it's better for the NCAA to like see what the entire thing looks like with the top broken off like it is right now. Well, and to fix it as the they go. Issue with that, the issue with that is is almost certainly going to be if 
you know, at what point do they have to reel it in? Um, because I, I think one, now here's the thing, I, I'm in favor of NIL. I, I am in favor of the Institute Transfer Portal, honest to God, too. I, I think that both are, I would say, mostly good. I, I would say NIL, extremely good for college athletics. Trans, the um, kind of the transfer portal, mostly good for college athletics. I, I do think, you know, there are a lot of situations where, you know, either coaches change or situations change that, you know, allowing somebody to, you know, explore other options. You know, I, I think we focus a lot, uh, we focus a lot on, um, you know, maybe the, you know, 10 to like the 10 to 15 quarterbacks, you know, for football or, you know, the basketball, maybe like a four or five star recruit uh, at a power five school that didn't necessarily get the playing time. I'm going to find something else. But I think for the majority, I, I think it allows people to, you know, hey, I don't like it here and I and I want to leave just like, you know, any other college student is, you know, is given the right to. Um, but I, I understand the that eventually or you know shortly, I would imagine somebody is going to fundamentally break the transfer portal um, in ways that the NCAA didn't intend. Um, and I, I know that that's going to happen with NIL sooner rather than later. We've seen um, coaches are uh, college football coaches complain about Texas A&M's recruit their uh, class of 2022. So we'll see. We'll 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 absolutely we'll see what 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 happens. Um, but I, I you know Roy uh, Roy Williams said the exact same thing when he stepped away at North Carolina. I would expect that there's going to be some other coaches who necessarily haven't adapted um, or don't find that they don't want to adapt that are going to be stepping away too because you know it's probably more fair for Jay Wright to step away now and say hey I don't really have an interest in doing this anymore than it is, you know, stringing this out or going out on the recruiting trail and kind of, you know, just selling something else, um, you know, to these kids who want to come. Are you looking for a healthy alternative to your daily snacking? Look no further than Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, type in promo code SIXTHMANPOD. Uh, to get 15% off your first order. Built Bar, 100% covered in chocolate. Some of the best protein bars around and some of the healthiest treats I've ever had. Really love peanut butter brownie and mint coconut chocolate chip. Both are phenomenal. Both have tons of protein and are a really good alternative for your daily snacks. Check them out, builtbar.com slash sixmanpod. This podcast is sponsored in part by Fanatics. Fanatics offers the broadest assortment of fan merchandise and memorabilia worldwide from all your favorite leagues and sports, not just the NBA and NCAA like we talk about here, but also the NFL. And I'm in the market for some new Packers gear myself, and with Fanatics selection, I can choose between jerseys, t-shirts, and sweatshirts, even face masks, tailgating equipment, and stuff for my pets. And I'm leaning towards getting a nice sweatshirt myself. You can also shop MLB, NHL, NASCAR, and all your favorite soccer leagues around the globe. 
Order now and get free U.S. shipping on any and all orders over $29 using code 29SHIP. Again, that's 29SHIP29SHIP. And now, back to the podcast. You know, I, I agree with you. I think I, I love the NIL stuff. I think it's awesome that our podcast can send a player a $25 Chipotle gift card and it's now shows up in their NIL sponsorships on 24-7 sports. I find that shit fascinating and hilarious. I find it fascinating that Joe Schmo's car dealership in Westfield, Indiana can give their their homeboy up at Valpo 10 grand as a scholarship type thing to kind of promote their business, but also like, oh yeah, this guy's from our town. Like we want to support the fuck out of him. <clears throat> that shit's awesome. I've been preaching for that kind of thing uh, and preaching against people who, you know, shit on these athletes for earning a bag early. I mean, we've seen, we've already seen two high school athletes sign multi-million dollar contracts in high yeah, school. And it's like, it's not like there's any honor among thieves with the coaches either. No, yeah. I mean, what the coach for San Francisco left less than 24 hours after they lost their NCAA tournament game. Mike White, I still I still don't understand this. He went from he went from coaching Florida to going to their probably one of their biggest rivals in Georgia. I mean, there there's no the coaches certainly can you know can go and leave at the drop of a at the drop of a hat so again i think it's only fair for you know it's only fair for people to for these athletes to do this to be able to do the same oh yeah if you can i mean the same thing with professional sports you go out and get your bag like by all means and it's about time that ncaa players can do that and i guess take on the transfer portal i like the transfer portal not having to sit out any time because it just makes it so that like, okay, we don't have guys that are there for six years or whatever, like eligibility. We don't um, have Brad Davison around till he's 50. I mean, I understand the people that had the, the COVID, both the COVID exemption year and a red shirt year. So yes, they have six years of eligibility, but like at some point, like really 25, 26 year olds playing against like 18, 19, 20 year old kids, like, Really? Yeah, and I, mean, you know, I, I, I like the transfer portal. I think it makes it exciting too, to where you can be like, okay, yeah, we got this guy that's a grad student. He's going to play for us for a year, doesn't have to sit at all. And then he's going to, you know, off into the sunset somewhere. But, you know, while he's here, yeah, play basketball or whatever. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good that comes with, you know, transfer portal and NIL. I mean, obviously there's going to, there's going to be cases that people point to of like, no, he's taking – you know, advantage of it. I think, you know, most notably uh, Quinn Ewers, the quarterback from who from graduated high school early, signed a huge deal, uh, went to Ohio State, signed a huge deal, got a dope ass truck from a car dealership for a year. And I said, fuck it. I'm not going to ever win the starting job here. I'm going to go back to Texas, get another fat NIL deal uh, and, and go for there and go from there. And it's like, there's people like there's a, I saw an article the other day, like about 14 uh, Indiana IU athletes have um, 
come to an arrangement for $470,000 or so with an NIU uh, with like the, a charity partner. So it's, it's, it's just good to hear. It's just, it's, it's great to see, you know, these athletes finally being able to capitalize. I think um, there was another article where it's like race Thompson for IU um, is probably in line to, to earn about a hundred thousand dollars this year with, you know, name, image, and likeness. And like, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's life-changing money for, for, for people, for some of these guys. So I'm, I'm all for it. But again, you know, I, I think we have to give credit where credit is due. You know, if there's one person who's kind of earned the right to remove themselves from this situation, uh, it's, it's Jay Wright. And, you know, I, I think I, I would have loved to see him continue coaching. I do think, you know, he's probably top, uh, top five college coach at the moment. So it's, it's going to be different. Villanova will it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the, what the future holds, especially for this, uh, these three, five stars at IU. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's move to NBA here. Um, I want to start with the Phoenix and New Orleans series because there is now an interesting recall in this that could really hurt the Suns' finals chances. And here's my thoughts on this. How many times have we seen teams who get taken to six or seven in the first round get bounced before the finals simply because they're tired, right? It's a lot of games in your legs already. Yeah. You know, um, and now that – and again, I think Phoenix is by far the better team. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. They are 100, 100 times better than a bad Pelicans team who just got CJ McCollum at the right time. But uh, they no longer have their best go-to score in Devin Booker. And I think that that changes the math a little bit. I actually think the best scoring option for either team is now on the Pelicans in C.J. McCollum. I think that he is, if you look at the go-to scores in the series, he would have been number two. With Booker out, uh, it's now C.J.'s CJ's show. Uh, and Brandon Ingram, as inconsistent as he is, also can just drop 40 out of nowhere, as we saw the other night when he dropped 38. Um, I had a sweep. I was wrong uh, because the Pelicans really just showed up and showed out, uh, and good for them. I'm glad that they were able to capture a win here. Maybe they get a game at the Smoothie King Center, but do you guys think that the Pelicans really have a chance here, or is this still over? Uh, you know, I, I think Phoenix is still too deep um, for them to lose to New Orleans. Now, I would say this, if New Orleans had – Zion, then I think that may change that changes the calculus a little bit. Um, You're saying he could play the next game. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I mean, I, I, same as same with me, but I'm saying like everything points to he could be ready to go in the next game uh, to play games three and four at the Smoothie King Center. If that happens, 20 minutes of Zion a game, I I have no idea who's winning that series anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would still – I'd still probably take the Suns in, like, six, if that were the case. I, I think 
that's probably where we're going to end up regardless. Um, uh, but like I said, I, 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 we've seen it before. It's like Chris Paul is still good enough to, you know, win games for the Suns. They've been getting some really good, um, some really good minutes, some really good um, production out of some of their other options. You know, especially like um, the guy who really impressed me in game one was Cam Johnson. Um, you know, I, I think he's had, you know, he's been coming on pretty strong for them. Um, you know, it, it, it was an 11 point game, but it's like, like I said, I, I, I think the Suns should be deep enough with, um, you know, with the people that they have, with the roster that they have to get past, um, you know, CJ McCollum and the, and the Pelicans. The X factor here is going to be Mikael Bridges. Uh, if Mikael yeah. Bridges can play good enough defense on Brandon Ingram, then it, I, the series is a lock. But Ingram had 38 in the last game. He looked really good. CJ McCollum looked really good in the last game. It may not be as easy now, especially without Book there with his offensive firepower. But I, I will say this. They have the coaching advantage by a mile. They have the best player in the series still with Chris Paul. They have, I would argue, the better center. Some people say that Aiton and Balanchunas are really close, but whatever. No, not, not that close. Valanchunas is definitely better than Steven Adams, but, like, that's apples to blueberries. Like, no, we're not we're not doing this comparison anymore. Um, like, I don't think Stephen Adams had a shot. I, I don't think he attempted a shot in game one. Well, I mean, he doesn't need to. Stephen Adams' job is to go 0, 20, and 10 a game, you know, with a bunch of offensive rebounds and a bunch of steals. Uh Real quick, live update here. Uh, the Nets look like they're about to choke away game two after being up as much as 15. Hilarious. Uh, very entertaining good, game man. so far. Tied at 92, but Boston has the ball and the momentum right now. As Katie just dribbled off his foot out of bounds, being guarded by Daniel Tice. Uh, the next series I want to talk about. Sorry, I think Suns do it in six, but the Pelicans are going to make them work for it. Yeah, and, that, and that's my fear. Is like they, if they work too hard, they're not they're not getting out of the West. The, because right now, Golden State is molly whopping every fucking team that gets in front of them. Uh, we we we. I thought the Nuggets were actually going to put up a fight, and neither of these two games, strictly because of Jordan Poole, have been close. Like Jordan Poole has dropped thirty in both games. And you know, if uh, hopefully this isn't too serious of an injury for Booker, because. Um, the 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 thought of the Suns going up against Dallas without Book is a little terrifying to me, especially if like Brunson can, keeps playing the way he does, and if Luca comes back healthy. <laughs> yeah, no, it, man, we should go to. We'll, we'll talk about Dallas here in a second, but I want to talk about the the Bulls here, Cam. They made they made a game interesting. They did, and which is more than I thought would happen. Do you think, given what you saw, that they have enough to maybe nab a game at the United Center? Yes. A game, yes. Two games, maybe. Anything more than that? I, I don't think so. Um, both teams, I, I, I was texting you guys on Sunday, that was probably 
the best team defense that I have seen in, that I've seen in an NBA game, even in an NBA playoff game in years. That fourth quarter was brutal. Um, so I, I, I do think that the, the Bulls have a little bit of fight in them. I, I know that they don't just want to, you know, roll over and die against Milwaukee. But that is a, a – the combined fourth quarter, both teams scored 34 points. Um, I do think that if um, that if the game is played like that, then I, I think the Bulls have uh, – excuse me. I think the Bulls have a little bit more of a chance. They do play a really good team defense even without um, – you know, even without, you know, Alonzo Ball – you know, Alec Caruso coming back, very important for them. Um, you know, Patrick Williams has been has been pretty good here in the last few days. So it's just one of those things where, um, you know, if the if they, they kind of keep the pace right, you know, I, I, I do like their, you know, like their chances. And, you know, the United Center, you know, is – the biggest stadium, the, the biggest uh, arena in the NBA. The Bulls had, you know, won 27 games there. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that they can, they should be able to get one from the Bucks because I do think they're going to have a lot to prove against Milwaukee. Um, and you know, that little chip on their shoulder, I think, you know, should really help them get that one. Are you sick and tired of paying large amounts of fees on your ticket purchases? Look no further than TickPick.com. TickPick is a one-stop shop for all your entertainment ticket needs. NBA games, NFL games, NCAA basketball games. It doesn't matter. They've got it. I've purchased concert tickets, college football tickets, NFL tickets on there. They truly are the best one-stop shop for all your entertainment needs. And with no fees like Ticketmaster and Subhub, you are getting the best guaranteed price on the market. And for a limited time, check out TickPick.com slash SixManPod or under SixManPod when you go to check out for $20 off your first purchase. That's $20 off your first ticket purchase at TickPick.com using promo code SixManPod. And now back to the show. Now, now, Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition over to you here, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about what do, what do you think so far about this Boston series, this Boston and Brooklyn series? It has been a barn burner in both games. I mean, it's it's been, as you said, a barn burner. I think, honestly, I think the depth and the consistency of Boston – and their ability to play defense when it counts is what's going to be the difference. Man, as, much as, as much as I want Brooklyn to win this series, and I really, really do, I don't see them doing it based on it how they've been playing because they play three good quarters of basketball, and then the fourth quarter usually the bottom falls out yeah, for they, whatever they, reason. It's just because they don't have anybody on their team that plays defense, and that's the problem. And Boston can play good team defense, and that's that's what's going to separate them. Boston obviously is the defensive player of the year. Uh, Marcus yes. Smart, who first guard since I believe Gary Payton, since the glove himself. Yes. God, what here's, a, here's the deal, man. I 
I picked Brooklyn in seven. I'm going to stand by it just because they have the better player in the series. Like They have Kevin fucking Durant. Like, yeah, they, I mean, I, I want to, I, I still, I want to go with Brooklyn in seven as well, but man, ah, I'm starting to have my doubts here. <laughs> Here's the deal. If Brooklyn doesn't win this series, Steve Nash should be fired. Uh, <sighs> This is this is no longer up for debate. His late game execution is atrocious as a coach. You cannot just tell your players, "Hey, give the ball to Kevin Durant, go win me the game." That's that's not how this works. Most players need some form of system to function, and it, that according to sources, that was his game plan at the end of game one. And Kevin Durant dribbled it off his fucking foot. So, to me, if they lose, let's say they lose this in six. Even if they lose in seven, Ime Odoku is a first-year head coach. A first-year head coach. He's pretty good. You have the two best players in the series. Now, granted, the the bar between Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Kyrie and Tatum, like, pretty close. Like, KD is probably, like, the second-best player. Kyrie is probably top eight. And then Tatum's, like, top 11. And then Jalen Brown's, like, top 25. But – like you have the two best players, you have one of the greatest basketball players of all time on your team. You have the you have the best scorer of all time on your team. Like yeah. Kevin Durant is the best scorer in basketball history. He is the only player where no matter what point in the game you're at, you give him the ball, he can get you a bucket. Yeah, and he he's gonna do it, and he's gonna do it with ease because he's seven seven thousand feet tall. He's very fast. He has a very good handle. He's also an excellent playmaker. If yeah. Steve Nash loses this, I think he should be fired. And on the other side, if Utah manages to fuck up the series with Dallas after Luka misses potentially the first four games, I don't think Snyder should be fired. I think they should blow that team up. Yeah. I've been, you know, I I, I, I kind of think that I kind of think Utah's getting blown up regardless. I think if they go to the Western Conference Finals, they'll run it back simply because they, in their mind, they have to. But that also means they have to beat Phoenix. And there's no fucking way in hell they're beating Phoenix. You know, to me, Utah is... The way Utah's constructed is what Indiana used to try to do. Where from like 2014, you know, the Paul George era, they had one elite player, Donovan Mitchell. In this case, for the Pacers, it was Paul George. Okay. Then they had a bunch of B players. Like the next six guys on the roster were like B minus to B plus players. No one who you could just put the ball in their hands of and go get me a bucket, but they were all solid enough that they weren't going to lose many games. And this has been my knock on this, – this has been my knock on the way Utah has built their team for years. They tried to do the Milwaukee approach with Giannis being replaced by Rudy Gobert and Drew Holiday, in this case, being replaced by Mike Conley. And then, of course, Chris Middleton is awash with – Spider Mitchell. The problem with this 
is that Giannis can actually defend the perimeter. And when Gobert's on the perimeter, he looks worse than I do playing defense. It is absolutely sickening that Gobert bitched about the team defense, which isn't good. Let, let, let's just be clear. Conley and Mitchell's on-ball defense as guards is atrocious, probably bottom 10 in the league as a pair when you look at all the guards around the league. But then for him to complain about his team when they're just getting shredded by Jalen fucking Brunson of all people. Again, if it was Dinwiddie or like, and again, like Jalen Brunson's a good player. I'm not going to take that away from him, but it's not Jaylen Dinwiddie. Fucking paid this offseason. Dinwiddie might earn a max contract off of just this playoff season. Like if he if he has another 30, 40 point game, like it's it's over. He's getting a max. Somebody out there is gonna pay it. Some shitty team like Orlando is going to pay that money. Yeah, uh but yeah. Is he a restricted free agent or unrestricted free agent? He's unrefri- unrestricted. Uh, I was about to say, because you know, he, he was if he was restricted, someone like is definitely gonna give him like one of those old like poison pill type deals. So. Yeah, man, I I find it fascinating. Like free agency this summer, like the best players, TJ Warren, who's unrestricted right now. Uh, But like Jalen Brunson's also there. Um, You know, O'Shea Brissett could enter restricted free agency. There's some interesting things with the Pacers there. Very good young player there. Be a great depth piece on everybody. Um, Jalen Smith is probably going to get himself a nice little rack after this run he had with the Pacers. You know, I, I keep seeing three for 45 thrown out there. Marvin Bagley's a free agent. It'll at least be interesting. It won't be a good free agent class, but it'll be entertaining. It'll be interesting to say the least. It probably just depends on like who opts out. Do you think Westbrook opts out just because of all the shit he's taken from the media? No. No? No. You don't think? Oh, man. He is not going to cost himself that much money. It's $41 million. $47 million. $47 million. Um, Like, I could see... Like, okay, John Wall shouldn't opt out because that's way too much money. Um, Harden should, shouldn't should opt out because Philly is going to be – shouldn't opt out. What, what, what Westbrook can't. Bradley Beal, maybe. Kyrie Irving, I could see him doing it. Um I think the best the best free agent would is going to be Zach Levine, and if the Bulls don't give him a max, then they're stupid. All right, hot take time. The Bulls should not offer Zach Levine a max. Instead, sign and trade him to somebody else, recoup some assets, and replace him with another player. That is a hot take. Um, part of the reason why is because I think they blew this Vucevic trade so bad 
Yeah, that's that's true. That they I, I don't know. Can you do you want to count on like do you really do you want to bank on DeRozan having another year like he's had? It's not gonna happen. Like no. statistically so I, speaking, I it's not gonna happen. I don't think you can afford to I don't think you can afford to trade for Bean. Um speaking of more playoff comebacks, uh Toronto and Philly live update. Six minutes left in the third. That's a, that's now only a five-point game. Celtics are up five on Brooklyn with three and a half to go. Um, I want to see Brooklyn lose just just for the memes. So I that's just me. Um, I don't know what. Let's see what's uh, what other playoff series have have caught your eye, Zach? You know, uh, I think the next. The next one that really like Memphis and Minnesota. I think we got to talk about that for a second at least. Yeah, you know, I, I'm telling you this this the inconsistency for Memphis is gonna do them in here. Um, I was super high on Memphis coming into this series. You guys know I that. still am. I, I I still don't think. Um, I still don't think they should be too worried. They're gonna uh, win in seven. They're gonna win in seven. Uh, they play tomorrow on my birth, or they play on uh, Friday. The, or no, they play I mean, tomorrow on my birthday. Uh, play tomorrow on my birthday. I might go to a bar and watch that for a little bit. But I, mean, I you know, Memphis is only a one and a half point favorite tomorrow. Well, I, I think what we're seeing in that series is, um, and I, I have to. I did. I heard when I was listening to. Uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo were talking about this, but uh, a- Anthony Edwards going off in game one, um, you know, this could be a little bit of an ascension for him. And I think that's probably what meant. Well, like, ascension's not even the right word because he was already really fucking good. Like, it, the, the thing with Anthony Edwards is – he has never contributed to a really good winning team. Okay. If you think about, you know, his time at Georgia, they were pretty medium. Okay. Minnesota has been one of the biggest dumpster fires of an NBA franchise for the last 20 years. Yeah. And to me, I think the thing that worries me about this game is how much the line has moved. Minnesota started off as a two-point favorite in Vegas. They are now a two-point underdog. A lot of money is coming in on Memphis to cover the spread and win. And that game's at Minnesota, too. Yeah, that's I believe that's uh, the target center or whatever the hell Minnesota's arena is called. I think it'll be a close game. I would give the edge to Minnesota. And I think we're going to see kind of what happened in games one and two again. I think, I think they'll win tomorrow, close game, kind of nail biter, and get the doors like get their shit kicked in on the on Sunday. I I really I really do think that Memphis is the better team, and yeah. they'll probably win the series, winning three in a row. They'll probably win. Game four, game five, and game six, because I think Minnesota is one of those teams where if you get them down, you get them out. 
So you get them down. I, I will say, I think it's going to be very interesting watching Minnesota build their roster for next year. Um, Bring back Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> they're going to have Torian Prince to figure out. I don't know if what they what kind of value they put on him exactly. Uh, all I know is that that is a player who the Pacers are going to be heavily targeting as well. But, so. I mean, one more year of Towns, Russell, well, because Russell leaves at – Russell's a free agent after next year. Uh, Towns, Russell, and Edwards, I think – I think Minnesota could be, like, next year's Memphis with, like, the right free agent signings. Does, does that track? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um Let's talk about this as well. Uh, another just interesting thing here. Uh, as Phillies cut the lead to one in Toronto. The final the final one I really care about. Um, I think Miami has really shown that they're better than Atlanta. But I don't think anybody saw Jimmy Butler being a hero in any of these games. Uh, Jimmy Butler pretty much saved Miami's ass yesterday with 45. Uh, if he even, if he is, you know, 28 or whatever, I, I still think Atlanta's within striking distance at the end of that game and wins that game. Atlanta's, Atlanta's issue right now is their bench lineups are not good. Uh, other than Bogdanovich, who was a zero, you know, and a plus minus yesterday, and they can't get their lineups right. And that's always been Nate McMillan's issue is you can never get the bench lineups right. Um, that's going to cost them a series, but I find it fascinating how deep Miami is when you look at the back of the bench still has Victor Oladipo not playing. Like, Victor Oladipo being the 12th guy off the bench for Miami is better than any other 12th guy on any other team. Like, that is absolutely crazy to me. Um, and, you know, if somebody gets hurt, knowing you have Victor Oladipo to step in for Max Strauss or – you know, God forbid Kyle Lowry gets hurt, something like that. Yeah, that, like, that's a huge deal. Duncan, like Duncan Robinson, only played seven minutes in game two. So it's like, yeah, I think I saw he got hurt. If I'm not mistaken. Did he? Did he? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think I read something about him getting hurt. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm sure it was probably just like a little bone bruise or something. You know, like you know something that most NBA players will play through. Boston has won game two in the garden. They're up 10 with a minute. Good. Um, Again, absolute I'm, I'm, in it for the, I'm solely in it for the memes at this point. Absolute choke job. I, and I, I do agree with you. Um, not saying that he necessarily deserves to be, but um, yeah, if the Nets lose this series, Steve Nash, probably getting fired uh, i i think it is no longer a should he be fired it is when do you want to call it yeah i it is to me who, he is who the worst, so he's actually the worst coach the thing, like this is one of those things like if, if the nets lose this series i think you know their offseason gets a little interesting as well because you know like i'm saying like this could be like a Kyrie Irving opt out 
type situation. Um, you know, maybe just to like test, maybe just to see, or maybe kind of just to get some, you know, negotiating power in either, you know, bringing in the head coach or, um, you know, maybe like some roster moves or something. I don't know, but um, it's, it, it'll be interesting, but yeah, Ishii, or I'm sorry, uh, Irving's certainly, I, I got something else on my brain. Irving's definitely getting, um, it, it is going to get interesting, but yeah, Nash probably gets fired if they lose. Here, here's my. But who do who do they bring in? Like who do the Nets target? If if they, because it's it's just gonna. I mean, it's one of those points. It's one of those things where you just have to find somebody to kind of like man it. Just it, it, like you're literally just like a. I don't want to call. I don't want to say babysitter, but babysitter. No, you're a babysitter who occasionally doodles on a board. Yeah. The, the 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 correct answer is Frank Vogel. Do I think they'd bring him in after he just got fired? No, but he's the best available coach. I think that doesn't have a team. Um, other coaches, you know, if you could convince Jay Wright to come out of retirement, which I don't think is going to happen, um, it would be an option. Um, but other than that, I I look at. You know, there's probably some assistants out there. You know, a couple of assistants on Philly's bench would be interesting. Uh, you look at who Boston hired under Ime Udoku. Somebody out there is probably interesting, right? I would be looking around at assistants, but to me, I, I, I think Steve Nash gets canned. And I, I'm not really sorry to say that because he has been atrocious as the Nets coach. I, I to me, you cannot have two top five, like top five players in the playoffs and not not be favored in the series, you know. So yeah, man, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart has been transcendent in this series. Uh, and that's you know, Ime Doku's the way he's flipped that flipped his switch. You know, originally I remember calling him a flop. I I out of my own mouth when they were the nine seed said, I don't think Adoku has what it takes coach in the NBA. And God damn it, I was wrong. I will happily admit that. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter because it's going to be Golden State or Phoenix cutting down the nets. Jordan Poole. How did any, everybody pass on Jordan Poole? And then he, he turns into what he is now, you know? It, the NBA draft is is weird like that sometimes, man. I, uh, I also think people undervalue Big Ten players a lot. So you I know, mean, you know what I, you know what I, I think, think it Michigan actually is or nothing like that because I don't like Michigan. But also, I think Big Ten players are undervalued. You know, I think it actually is, and I could completely be wrong on this, but I, I actually think that there is a large portion of this that is all about where you get drafted to is how you're developed. Oh, for sure. You know, um, look at Chris Duarte, for example. The Pacers developed him to be a day one starter at the three. Okay. If he goes to Golden State a pick later, he is probably the 10th guy in the rotation 
and instead of playing every game, get sent down to the G League to dominate for a while, like Moses or like Moody did, and then brought up every once in a while to kind of be a fill-in. If he gets drafted a pick before uh, in the NBA draft, there's a chance that he doesn't develop as well simply because you look at the Spurs. They already have Dougie McBuckets in there. Josh Primo made a lot more sense for them. You know, but, like, I look at some of these other teams where they could have been – Players could have been drafted, you know, Corey Kispert. I'm actually shocked the Warriors didn't take him over Moody, but that's besides the point. Has been just kind of a guy so far. And I think if he gets traded, he would succeed on most other rosters. I think the Wizards are really bad about developing talent, other than Bradley Beal, obviously, because, you know, it's just Bradley fucking Beal. Look at James Booknight and how he's developed in Charlotte. Pretty dog shit, honestly. You know, Jalen Green at the start of his career with the Rockets, pretty rocky towards the end of the year, really turned it on. Where you're drafted matters quite a bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, like look at Bones Highland, right? Picked, picked number 26 in this draft. I would argue, you know, probably the 14th best player in the draft overall. You know, if you just had to go top to bottom, I would assume it passed up all the way into the second round at 38 with the Bulls. I think there's a lot of a lot of interesting things here for sure. Um, at the end of the day, at the end of all this, I'm excited for the next couple of weeks of NBA basketball. Yeah, I'm excited. Certainly the best time of the year for NBA basketball. Very May, May 17th, ladies and gentlemen, be a day in history when the Pacers finally get the first overall pick. Uh, I hope so. Ten and a half percent chance, best odds they've ever had. So let, let's do this. I guess when you want to do the next mock draft after the – after the order set? Uh, we can do it. We can do it before then, actually. I've got a lot to say about the mock draft again. So <laughs> we can do it whenever. But uh, I think it's going to wrap up tonight. I know Mark's got to get some shut eye after drinking a monster. Good luck with that, sir. Um, you know, can... honestly, anymore, I just drink it for the flavor, not even the caffeine. So. The flavor? Yeah, dude. Dude. Excellent. What? Just go drink uh, tequila, tequila sunrise like an adult. Like, no, I can't be drinking too much alcohol. Uh, the flavor. Oh. Yeah, I, I. With that, no, we we need to go because Mark's about to start shooting off bad food takes. Um, yeah, this is this <laughs> really. You guys don't like Monster. I don't like energy drinks at all. Really, uh, we, we we can talk about the, this. I, I anyway. prefer the I prefer the full sugar 